0: Today is Father's Day, this story <clears throat> of Isaac giving blessing to his sons. Uh, in Genesis 27, I made a mark, and made 20-some years ago when I read that book, and as we had some space, and I thought about what type of message can I bring? Um and this came to my mind, and there 's a book attached to that and and i'll i 'll refer to that uh, during the message towards the end and it 's been powerful for me um, but let 's begin with this thought: a role of a father and we all know that it 's important, but in in our uh, in our, in, in our days, to, in today's world, sometimes you forget that the gravity of this role for uh, for the not only the family, but for each one of us. The Father's role has a two-way impact. It begins with us, on us, and then in our children. And there, at least the four important... And thing truth about this is, father's role has a lasting impact on us, positively or negatively, even through the adult stage of life. So, in some sense, what we are, uh, what we have received, in in some sense, it's kind of oxymoron. There, some of the abused children growing up tend to continue to abuse their children, but some of the loved children and blessed children continue to love and bless their children as well. When we think about our role as a dad's uh, in family uh, as well, it has a lasting impact on our children, positively or negatively, especially in each Developmental stage. So one of the wisdom nugget of wisdom is that to not wait until the kids grow old enough that you want to spend you want to spend time with, and it, the tables will be turned, because when they're younger they're looking for daddy, and you're busy, and you could run around with important tasks and business and. Uh, Making things happen, and by the time when they become teenager, and that you begin to feel the chasm, the relational gap, and you approach them, and they're drifting away. So each uh, developmental stage, especially that when they're young, growing up, that development stage is really important. Thirdly, it has a 360 degree influence on our children. We would typically say, you do what I say, not necessarily what I do. But that doesn't really work. Our kids watch us 24 a day. I mean, just constantly watch us. Even when we are not aware, things are more cut than taught. These are important. Obviously, there's the idea of consistency. We teach them to not lie. We should not lie. We teach them teach them, uh, forgive others. We should show them we are, that we are forgiving others. But in, in, uh, I think what I have in mind is, as a Christian uh, family, there is an incongruence in, in us. So God is more important than anything else we say. We should worship God and we should seek God's kingdom first, God's rule first, and value him more than anything else. But when we constantly show our hope in materialistic things, Our worry in those things and success and failure or not and even their academic performances it communicates more powerfully than anything else and they're going to catch that rather than hearing what we say. And fourthly and lastly it is a God-ordained role as a leader and a coach of a child's development do you know that um, one of the main dysfunctionalism develops because uh, adults want to live out their dreams by loving the kids too much so you are mine and you shall be mine forever those type of codependence Can happen all the time. So we should be watchful. uh, Rather very carefully. Whether our love is healthy. Whether our love is based in God-centered love. Whether we don't love our children. Or do love our children. More than God. An idol. We cannot be a healthy, godly Parents, when we do it, the idea of parenting is paradoxical so that they don't need us anymore. I just realized that Soren's 16 now, he has two more years, technically speaking, that he could leave home, and I'm terrified because. I don't feel ready. I don't feel he's ready. So I don't even have to expound too much on these truths. And I'm very sure all of you agree with me, the importance of Father's role. And even, even in our world, that there's an undermining... Uh, father's figure and even entertainment instead of, uh, you know, know those father knows best, like 50s shows, or leave it to beaver. The father was a wise, father was strong, father was leader. And then, you know, going into the 90s, 80s and 90s and all in the family and married with children, and Simpsons, and those shows undermine the father as a typically goofy, very inadequate, weak, wimpy, inconsistent, and kind of use that as a humor. Actually, we all believe this. And as a Christian, it is important but my main point is not here. My main point is, if Father's role is very important, what is a central thing that is so, so important? And I am uh, presenting to you this morning, it is the Father's role of blessing. Does it doesn't mean, what do you mean by blessing? And obviously, uh, patriarch and, and the historically, contextually, culturally so different. And many of us would say, why can't I as a woman, as a mother, could could do the same thing? Yes, you can. Even grandmother, even uh, uncles and aunts could do, do that. But there is a special sense of father's role in any person's life. And when that blessing defined by there's simply unconditional acceptance, unconditional belief, and cheer for that trial. If that's not there, the absence is huge. The, the ramification of the absence or the opposite, hurtful experience is huge. And obviously, uh, some people... Still recover from that through counseling, through therapy. But and yet, really think about the Christian community. When we really realize the importance of this idea of blessing, we, shall, we should respond differently. So there are four things that I'm going to draw out from today's passage into the story of Isaac's sons and Jacob in Esau. In what ways is this crucial, important? Does it show? Here's the first one. A father's blessing is a priceless gift that one can give to his child or his children. Verse 1. We're going to jump through the passage, the long passage. We're not going to read, go over every single verse. But here's an introductory remark. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see he called isa his older son and said to him my son and he answered here i am he said behold i am old i do not know the day of my death now then take your weapons and your quiver and your bow and go out to the field and hunt game for me and prepare for me delicious food such as i love and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Isaac was self-aware about the, the gift that he has. Yes, I agree. It is a cultural practice, a traditional uh, custom that the fathers will do this blessing on the firstborn. But if we really listen to what Isaac was aware of, this is something we should be self-aware. Do I really know that I have that priceless gift in my hands? That it could really make a world of difference. And then the importance of fatherhood, although... The motherhood is important as well, but the reason why the male headship and submitting and supporting your, your husband is important is that so that he could not miss it, not drop the ball, so that the father, your, your husband, can do that fatherly blessing as you're doing motherly blessing for the kids. Number two, reason that Father's blessing is important. Is Father's blessing is something all children long for. Verse 34, as soon as Esau heard the words of his father. Let's recap the story a little bit. As you heard Stan's reading, scripture reading. There's a dysfunctionalism going on. There's a favoritism going on. If we dig into the study on this passage, there will be so many diversions of that. So we will hold on our focus on Father's blessing only. So Rebecca have a favoritism on Jacob, the second son, although they're twins. So Rebecca does... Her own thing. Uh, and, and just help. his Her younger son. To deceive. And cheat. To get the blessing. There's something really wrong about that. To begin with. But anyway. Jacob goes along. And receives. The blessing. Even disguising with. The animal skin and, and the hairy, uh, probably the his voice was the only problem. He, he wasn't manly enough, you know. He's probably trying to fake it a little bit. So Isaac reluctantly, because he can't see anything, he's old, and, and maybe I just became too suspicious and and gave the blessing. And then es- Esau shows up with. His game and his delicious food for, for father, and that's the context. Verse thirty-four again. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, "Bless me, even me also, O father." But he said, "Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing." Isa said, "Is he not right, rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing." Then he said, "Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Do you hear the heart cry?" Isa saying. So he's he's. He's crying out, screaming at, from the bottom of his heart. Bless me even for me. I know some of you are going through this mind. Maybe I don't, I don't need him. That's, that's called the self-protection. We are hurt repeatedly and disappointed repeatedly. We tend to deny need but it everyone's heart and deep in our heart it's there listen to what Isaac says and his response again Isaac answered verse 37 and said to Esau behold I have made him Lord of you and all his brothers I have given to him for, for servants and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Isa said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O father. And Isa lifted up his voice and wept. In our generation, there are many people who are still weeping. We all long for that. And, and, and if you receive that, you are even aware of, I am really glad that my father, my dad, uh, showed me acceptance. He believed in me. And the few stories that we heard just now, and even the times that when you fail, that their grace and acceptance was Impactful on you we should be thankful for them but in the reality of this dark fallen world is there are many evil wicked dads or the many people many many dads who are willing but not capable inadequate. So people deny, even those people who have reveled and and sworn to not to see his or her dad any longer, and there's no contact. And deep inside, there is hunger and thirst. I've seen that over and over in my pastoral ministry. And my counseling, but frankly, let me be honest with you. Let me tell my story. I grew up in a warm, loving family, and my dad wasn 't evil at all. My dad was a very democratic father who allowed each one of our three uh, his three children to be unique. So if you look at my brother, my my sister, and I, we are so different from each other, and we're very unique in our expressions. And uh, the problem for me, although I was the youngest one, because my dad was a medical doctor and my my mother was into this intellectual world together. Uh, my my brother who is not only first son, he's a second child, but first son, which counted a lot culturally. But he was naturally smart. I hate those people, don't, don't you? <laughs> people who don't have to study, and they get all A's anyway. Right? They play with me, and they get all... My sister was just a star of everything. She blew flute and piano and art, and she will get at all these awards all the time. What was I good at? Sports. But athletic things for losers for in our family, culture-wise. And say, so, why don't you study? Stop playing. And I'm, I'm either playing soccer, playing running, and playing swimming, anything. And to a point that when junior high years, I won silver medal, which was a big deal that I got called from... Uh, from you know school assembly to receive that silver medal again from the principal in front of everyone, but didn't bother to tell my parents because they don't care. And my teacher was kind of encouraging my parents. My talking talking to my mom. He later find out why didn't you tell us about this because you don't care. So as I became a teenager, I became more independent. I became quiet. Oh, I was a troublemaker. You know, my my brother was sitting in the sitting in home, always reading books. Reading, my sister would be pian- playing piano. I was gone, playing with mother somewhere, you know, <laughs> or having fights, fist fights with boys. So my uh, mother always need to search and find me, find me. To make a long story short. On top of that, I should say this, I used to wet my bed when I was uh, elementary school years, early years, so there's a shame factor, right? And they'll call names on me. Um, I, I won't say it because it's too, too hurtful memory-wise. <laughs> Pull me aside during the lunchtime, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, I didn't feel valued. I didn't feel that whenever I spoke anything during family time, they just didn't listen to me, took me seriously. So I became more independent, and I was seeking for all the affirmations outside of home. I became the leader, either it's a gang or or sports, I was a leader. And people liked me. And I I was just just finding my significance out there. Come to think of it, brothers and sisters, the drivenness that messed me up in my 30s and early 40s came from my longing for my Father's blessing. And I was driven to prove my self-worth. Many of you are relating to me on that. In your business... The symbolism is money, but money is not the entire goal. Money is actually symbol of your worth. You're you're good enough. And for me, it has happened to be the ministry. So I'm trying to redirect the course and coming back to God. And I'll explain some of the things that that I'm concerned about in my life and in your life. For those of you, share. That absence or the lack or the hurtful experience from your family. And your, your father's not saying anything. And, and I'm grateful my, my dad is overall. I'm, I have a good memories, but just the absence of I wasn't important enough. That he was a doctor, he never asked me to pressure me to think about medicine. Because my brother was uh, smart enough. So to me, it's like, as long as you take care of yourself. And my brother actually had a kidney failure and all that. And then he came to me and said, you should think about becoming a psychiatrist rather than interest." I was, just, you know, studying psychology back then. But many of us have this deep longing. Number three reason a father's blessing is powerful enough to shape his children's destiny verse 26 listen I'm going to compare uh, Isaac's blessing on Jacob intentional all out blessing and that because of Esau don't you have one more he just bless me anyway he does But think about the difference. Notice the difference. Verse 26. This is for Jacob. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See the smell of my son is as the smell of field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. The, at the end, it sounds like Abraham covenant, what the God the Father is saying to the Abraham. Now, turning to his reluctant blessing on Esau, verse 39, Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall you, your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high, by your sword, you, will, you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. but when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Ooh, that sounds like more cursing than <laughs> blessing. Okay. My point is not the words can has a power to shape. Of course, words have. But the person's heart and intention and then motive can shape the person's destiny. Dads, at Crossway, listen to me. Especially for those of you have become disillusioned about fatherhood because of your upbringing. Have you noticed that your father is a man just like you? Many of us, if not all of us, think that fathers is some kind of different kind of category of people. At least, certainly, I was that way. You know, my, my dad was always has a presence. When he walks into the room, even the kids would quiet down. And Kent was scared of him because he didn't say anything, but he was just a sense of presence there. He was strong. He was also always have an opinion and wisdom about something. But when he retired and he lived with us, and I remember I was so busy with youth ministry, I was rarely at home spending any time. And my dad and my uh, me and cultural gap drifted even further. And I say, maybe sometime later, I will spend time. Believe me, people, I loved the kids in my youth ministry so much that I our day and night, devote myself to them and sometimes lose a lot of sleep for them. You lose a lot of money to, to spend time with them. And I got a word from my mom. Your dad has pulmonary fibrosis, hardening of lung cell. It's a death sentence. It's a slow death. Usually it takes two years to to harden. By the time when he died. He couldn't hardly breathe. Just think about, you just ran about two, three hundred yards. All, you know, full, full force. And then you just stop. It doesn't come down. It stays like that. Even with the oxygen machine, it will be like that. But in the beginning, when there was a um, diagnosis, it was shocked. It was shocking to me. But for the first time, I saw a different dad. I visited him at the hospital. He was wearing patient's gown rather than doctor's gown. He was a lot thinner than strong, big man I remember growing up. And then he was a youth pastor. Here's a youth pastor. Uh, thinking that my father should be different than anybody else. He's not like me. But this time it caught my, caught my attention. I sat on the edge of the bed and started having adult conversation with him. And I found out that, um, what did you do when you were dating mom? And she kinda sm- he kind of smiled and we went to see Dr. Zivago. Oh, dad, I really love that film. That's one of my favorite films. Uh, what would you do differently when you're, if you go back to that time younger? He goes, um, son, I will study more, read more. I think I just neglected that. So suddenly, I see a man just like me, who has hurt and dreams and different things. And then the way he was very soft-spoken, and it hurt me to see him with kind of skinny with the patient's gown sitting there. And then all these nurses don't know that he's a doctor, so he's all the images that I saw growing up was totally different. And I asked him about his upbringing. So uh, that's, that's the way we blame our dads, right? Why can't you be a more loving dad? He grew up. I found out he was a twin. His, North, uh, his uh, brothers and everyone is in North Korea. He only escaped because of his the medicine practicing that you know, through, the, through the army thing. And then he said uh, uh, his, his family was so poor that he was constantly worried about them because he was supposed to be the hope and, and the breadwinner for the entire family. And he only escaped. And his upbringing was very horrific t- to our standard. And then I, I was just ashamed when I was walking away from the hospital Why didn't I think about that? I have so much grace and mercy for these lousy teenagers. (laughs) Obnoxious self absorbed kids. (laughs) So, sisters and brothers, I I need to wrap up really soon because if we want to you know, have you guys go celebrate Father's Day with your father? Um, my earnest urging for you is to see two ways, and not only that, it, it is our blessing is powerful enough for our kids. But let's not blame our fathers. Let's not blame our our upbringing, and we have mercy for them, too. Here's the last point. Father's blessing is something all that can give through simple, deliberate ways in everyday life. A couple of Proverbs to to make it more practical for us. Uh, Proverbs 11.25 Whoever brings blessing will be enriched and one who waters will himself be water. Proverbs 17.6 Gives us even further motivation for us. Grandchildren are the crown of the age, but the glory of children is their fathers. There are a few things that we need to think about. We, everyone, for well, those of us who have a good upbringing, good dads, loving dads, as well as very broken or absence of our dad's blessing. We could do this. We must not leave giving the blessing to our children to a chance. Someday, spontaneously, it will happen. No, we need to become intentional and deliberate. So in light of that, have you ever thought about this? We make traditions. We should make traditions for our kids as well. And so when Soren turned 13, I made sure that we give that special affirmation to him. And I don't know whether he remembers anything, but still that 13, the teen year was important. So many of you have a chance. And I'm preparing for another one for Soren's graduation of high school. That's another big mark. For girls, it could be different. A different stage of life. How about writing that blessing and giving to our children? And preparing a... uh, I think that should be our tradition. Because whenever our teenage boys become uh, going into the adulthood, that we get uncles around and speak the words of affirmation and challenge to that kid who's becoming a man. The same thing with a girl who who would see the value of how much he, she is valued by God the Father and by uncles and aunts and by mom and dad that she will cherish her purity in this generation rather than giving in and capitulating into What's norm in dating and sexual life? We, if we miss the blessing in our childhood or experience the, the opposite or lack of it, we must look to God. Psalm 68 verse 5, that God is the father of the God, fatherless, protector of the widows. The way that we could call um, Father, Abba, and continue to receive him and his grace and mercy and strength and his blessings, we can actually turn the tide. Do you know another way of doing it is brothers and sisters and uncles, that's the beauty of our church, isn't it? There are that many uncles and aunts could give blessings on top of mom and dad as well. And including ourselves, looking to the mentors and spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. There's a reason why I'm wearing this T-shirt. Do you notice any difference? Anybody notice any difference? Henry, do you, do you notice the difference? <laughs> this was the Father's Day gift a year ago from Henry and Rika. Each year, Henry remembers uh, Rika also too, that both of them, they have the, what I describe the absence or the, the dysfunction is at home. The, you know, it makes me feel old because they say, you are my spiritual father and Henry is a wise man. I can never substitute his own father's blessing. But by God's grace, I can continually be a source of giving, life-giving water, life-giving affirmation, and belief. I believe in you. Henry. As a matter of fact, Kate said, uh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't usually wear this, right? Okay, so you look thinner. So so I might... It, this might not be the only time I'll wear this. We must practice five practical ways. Remember I mentioned the book, The Blessing by uh, Gary Smalley and John Townsend. Uh, uh, John Trent, I'm sorry. They wrote it uh, 20-some years ago, maybe close to 30 years ago. Um... Back then, it was used to be four elements always included in biblical blessing. And John Trent updated the book. I would highly recommend it. And then he became five. Even from this passage, you could go back and and check. And biblical blessing has always these five elements. Number one is a meaningful and appropriate touch so it is important that Isaac to touch Jacob and kiss me my son and he's just doing that right and secondly a spoken message and it could be written message also too but it was a very deliberate speaking to that person and thirdly attaching high value to the one being blessed look into your son's eyes or your your, your daughter's eyes in a very significant moment deliberate way of course you could do that spontaneously also too but prepared way put your arm a hand on his shoulder on her shoulder The son, you are valued far more than you ever can imagine. God the Father loves you, and there's nothing you can do to stop making, to make me stop loving you. I will always love you. No matter what happens in your life, I will always accept you. Remember that. My daughter, there's nothing you can do to make me stop loving you. And if you're romantic like me, sentimental like me, I'm crazy about you. I really am. But I will never be, stop being crazy about you. Even when I'm getting mad and when I discipline you, would you remember that? Picturing a special future for him or her, it's the vision, isn't it? Okay, I think one caveat we need to be clear is that because of our worldly influences. We could think about, you're going to be a special person, you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, and you're going to have lots of money, a big house. <laughs> That's really not a Christian value, what God really desired for us, right? The, the Let's dream about what God dreams in us and for us as well. And lastly, an active commitment to fulfill the blessing. This is a this is a nonverbal thing. Having have that kind of formal blessing from time to time, we should live it. Be there for them. Of course it takes several several minutes and in some into hours talking to teenagers. We need to be there. That's what God would do for us. And I think Taco just gave up on me because I was supposed to end earlier. right? So let me just end here. Let's pray. As we close, and this is a holy moment. Um, and I'm not making altar call. I'm just asking you to think about your father's role especially for those of you who are are currently dead. Today we want to honor you, and we want to lovingly challenge you to take this role of a father who gives the blessing seriously. Would you do that? And I want to pray for you as well as for myself as well. But making a commitment to God, let's have all the dads stand where you are. And say, yes, God, thank you for this gift that you gave me to pass on to my son, my daughter, and my children. And as you, uh, wives and moms, as you hear, you pray for him. I pray for the dads around you as well. Father, thank you that you are our Abba, that you are the perfect father to whom each one of us belongs so we are comforted with hope that in spite of our earthly fathers have disappointed us and let us down we still have you pour your love and affirmation and blessings on us so we may be well watered garden and i pray for each one of the dads who are standing In this room father would you bless them would you keep pouring into their hearts and their lives that they will be consumed by the treasures and joy of the Lord and day in and day out fill their hearts with richness and grace and mercy And your provision as well, and your health, your your grace of health and 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 the ability to succeed in what they do provide financial provisions as well. But we do pray that you will continually build them up for the kingdom workers and mighty warriors. For Jesus' sake, and use them for your glory in and through our church. Strengthen our church, our city, our nation, our world, because of their uh, fatherhood. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.